Hey, everybody, this is uh, Sean McVay joining you for another episode of The Vet Med Mind. And in The Vet Med Mind, we talk to leaders, community members, impactful organizations in veterinary medicine that are what we think the very definition of success. The whole idea behind the Vet Med Mind is to celebrate success stories in veterinary medicine and to reemphasize that success is something that's a byproduct of your own ambition, your own practices ambition, and it's not the same for every single person. In fact, success is many different things. And uh, I'm gonna let our next guest uh, talk to you about his journey, but let's talk a little bit about him before we get started. His name is Dr. Adam Chrisman, and he is the Chief Veterinary Officer at DVM 360 and all of the Fetch conferences. So if you've been to any of the Fetch conferences across the United States, you've seen Dr. Chrisman. He has a huge following on TikTok TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, where he helps people with uh, how to take care of their pets in the most healthy and humane way. And you might see pictures of him and his husband and their fur babies. So please welcome to our podcast, Dr. Adam Chrisman. Hey, Sean. Hey, everybody. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's quite You're the welcome. intro. You're, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so I first became aware of you, Adam. I, I don't know if it was at a conference or somewhere, but just, but you know, my listeners on here know me and they would describe that I have a larger than life personality. I've been called out there. I've been called um, provocative. I've been called flamboyant. I didn't like that one very much. Um, I've been called, um, I've been called rude. I've been called a lot of things. But when I first met you, I was like, this guy has a personality that might be just as big as mine. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and it doesn't, the truth is in veterinary medicine, because we're such a group of introverts that extroverted people, I think, stick out a little bit, you know, in, yes. in veterinary medicine. but uh, so for me and for our listeners, because I, I just remember running across you, but I'm trying to, do you remember the first time we met and where we were? You know, you know, I flew out to see you, you know, right, and I remember that, but have I, we just talked before that. Yeah, we, we chatted and it was one of those okay. things like, we need to be friends. Yes, yes, that's it. Yes. So uh, Adam was, because I didn't know if we met before that, but we'll share that we have the gay community in common uh, yes. only because, you know, you can probably figure that out in some of our, uh, the way we're going to banter about some things. But yes, when I saw Adam and saw some of his posts, that's right. Now it's all coming back to me. And right. we were going to talk about what what's out there for you, uh, leaving private practice and going to the next steps. That's right. Uh, and so it turned out that so many good things were out there for him that he didn't work with me and our company at all. <laughs> he went on and yeah. did some bigger and better things, but we've come back full circle and I'm now, uh, speaking at some of his conferences. So yeah, what, what is your, what's been your journey in veterinary medicine? Cause you're, you've achieved a place now where you're making an impact. Uh, just tell us about you, how you got here and how you arrived at this place. And I'm sure some stuff will flow for me as we I get know. going. It's all good. I, I got to say to the listeners though, I don't want to discredit my experience with you because my conversation with you, and I don't think I've ever told you this was incredibly impactful. You really did change the way my mental trajectory was for how I was going to have a new chapter in my life. Really? And yes. We had great conversations. You know, we were chatting and I just said, Sean, I don't know what else is out there. And having that ability to, I mean, to, at the time I was not a big flyer, you know, but I just felt like I needed to hang out with you and learn. And you connected me to um, Jill Clark and Mert, mm -hmm. of course. And we just had really 
amazing, purposeful conversations. And so that kind of really opened up my eyes. Um, and I sat in your lectures before, and many listeners know how incredible you are as a speaker. So it really, I don't want to thank you, honestly, for that, because... Oh. For me to make a change in veterinary medicine is huge. Everyone knows like we don't even like to change our heartworm prevention, mm. let alone a change in a career. But you just told, you told me to just do it. You know, whatever you're going to do, you're going to be successful at. And the, the degree of veterinary medicine is so strong. So I continued. I, you know, I came back after seeing you. And I continued to practice because I said I, I like what I'm doing still. It's, it's good. I have a great community. But then you deal with like personal impact. And so. You know, when I when I lost my mom and my dad, it was probably a real pivotal moment. Everybody goes through loss. Right? Every I get it. You know, totally get it. But they really were my when best friends. When did that happen? That was you? in that was in 2018. Yeah. Sorry, so yeah. so yeah. No, thank you. So uh, Chris and I got married in 2017, and then uh, we were planning um, their 50th wedding anniversary, and then. Uh, you know, um, dad has a massive stroke. Mom gets diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. They're both hospitalized at the same time. It was just awful. Chris lost his dad that year. I lost my parents. So it was just a lot of loss. Your first year of marriage. Wow. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. First year of marriage and all that stuff. So um, I, I said to myself, like, I think I got this. And then the the pros and cons of being a veterinarian in your community that you grew up in. The pros is everyone knows you. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows you. The expectations are so good, you know, and so high. It's just a very family oriented feel. So that's why I love my clients. The cons were everyone knows you. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that, you know, what if I left them? I, I'm leaving a family of a community, you know, to move on to another chapter. But my community, my clients knew that they go, Adam, your personality is bigger than this exam room. Like, we know you're destined for something, you know, different because of the way I am in the exam room. And I'm like, you know, you're, you're right. You know, because I do like speaking. I got into a little bit of the public speaking circuit when I was with you on the circuit for certain conferences. And I said, this is mm -hmm. cool. I like this a lot. Um, and then, you know, cut to where I'm at now, just from a professional standpoint, not my personal brand, but professionally, I said, you know, I'm going to take this leap. I was offered this position here at DVM 360. And I was like, you know, I can always go back to practicing, but this sounds like a good opportunity to expand my network, my reach, and really make an impact for a community. And if I'm going to do this, I said to my boss too, like, I'm all in, like, I be prepared for change to happen. And they said, we're ready for it. Yes. And then with that change, two days later, COVID hits. So uh, I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you for that because I didn't know that what kind of an impact I had. I know we had nice conversations, and I know I uh, uh, made you bikes around Lady Bird Lake yeah. <laughs> um, here in Austin. Uh, but but when I get feedback like that, you know, this whole show is about success, and that kind of feedback is what literally drives me. Like that's that to me is success in my life. When if I can do that. Uh, it, for any people in my life, whether it's my husband, my children, uh, who are not as receptive as everybody else is, by the way, uh, right. <laughs> but, uh, if I can be, if I can be that, you know, where people go, wow, you made a difference. Uh, that's success to me. Uh, yes. so tell us your, so thank you for that feedback. And I really appreciate that. Um, were you the typical veterinarian who like, you know, I grew up loving animals and I always knew I wanted to be a vet, uh, and, or was this a surprise that you ended up in this field? And then I'm going to take it a little, uh, uh, I didn't think I'd ask this question, but I'm going to, because I think I can with you. How yes. has being a gay man affected your professional development? 
Yeah, it's a great question. It really is. I always knew I wanted to be a veterinarian. I did know that early on. And mm -hmm. uh, I had a love for science and no family history of veterinarians. I'm the first one, first doctor in my family, very, you know, <laughs> middle class family. We had we didn't have much, but we had awesome stuff is what I was said. Mm -hmm. And my mm -hmm. parents really nurtured me well about that you know so i had a great experience um as a child and i said to the veterinarian i said i want to be like you just one day and he's like when you're old enough come shadow me cut to me being 14. it's like yeah get in here and then that's the practice that i worked at he was the owner when i came out of vet school so like talk about full circle right you stayed and lived in the same community and same house your whole entire life yes the whole yep born and raised in the whole brick new jersey yep so your whole life and you still live my whole now. life we never moved yes oh my god wow because so, I, I can't even my, tell you, well i can tell you i've moved in my life 41 times yeah <laughs> my gosh right unbelievable yeah, yeah. i mean uh, i would go to high school and the vet hospital was literally across the street so after school i would go right over there and clean up kennels and whatnot amazing. and work on Saturdays. And I said, like, I want to go to that practice when I came out of vet school, but I wanted to like, not be there just yet because everyone knew me as, oh, that's little kid Adam. And then, you know, come out mm -hmm. of vet school. And you know what that's like when you speak on practice management, talk about respect mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. those different things that come into play. So I, I went to another practice before I came to that mm -hmm. practice. But and by the way, folks, little kid, little kid Adam is actually like six, four. So just so you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So, wow, I'm still mind blown that you, this is the same community, and you, that's 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 yeah. cool. I, why why my mind is blown because that tells me something. We're going to talk about your development professionally, but I find that people that are successful, and I put air quotes out there, you guys can't see that. It, it's one of two extremes. It is life dealt you so many blows that and. There's neuroses that come with that, but one of the byproducts of suffering is that you can become extremely focused and or successful, achievement-oriented, yeah. for lack of a better descriptor. And the other way that people get successful is they're completely nurtured and loved and uh, celebrated and uh, made to feel worthy and right. their own true gifts and passions come out, uh, which... I would say, A, sounds like that happened to you, the, the yeah. latter. But B, as a gay man, that's probably not the norm. Like, no. you know, most people that are gay don't come from families, at least the era that you're from and the era that I'm from, which is even before that. Uh, yeah. You know, we didn't get that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Is that yeah, and it's, it's interesting in the sense that it seems like, oh, I was full of, you know, nurture and all that. But I always it knew oh. it wasn't. It wasn't. I always knew I was gay, but my parents, I don't. And we talk about this, too, when they were around, like they didn't know. But my brother knew I had one 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 brother. My mom was kind of like, oh, I don't know, because he's just really sweet, quote, air quotes, like sweet to the dogs and cats. So maybe that's just Adams. I had a girlfriend in high school. In fact, Sean, we were freaking class couple. When we got voted for I, in high school. I dated I dated uh Miss Texas at one time. I'm here to oh, tell you. See? Yeah. <laughs> look, look at us. And um, but I've always felt I knew I was gay when I fifth grade for sure. This is when I knew, and people are like, My God, how did you know so early? I was like, Well, we had sex ed, and I knew like learning about those things said certain things didn't appeal to me. I kind of knew, okay. but I so that was kind of like 
I always attributed this. I tell people to like the scarlet letter. I feel like I had um, an X mm -hmm. on me knowing that I was gay. And I'm like, right. what am I going to do? What do people find out about me? And mm -hmm. I want to still be a veterinarian. This is going to make a huge impact on my life. Yes, I was horrifically bullied. I'm not going to lie. Like, like bullying moment in high school and middle school. But you know what I did? And I don't know. And my parents was were so supportive of it, too. But I really thought internally, Adam, you can do something. Just like you said, Sean, I said, I'm going to take this to the next level and I'm going to be a leader and I'm going to show yeah. these people that I can do this. So I became vice president of my class, was president of my Spanish club. Like I was really involved in leadership early on. And I said, now what is really what I was trying to show the world? Like, yeah, I can still be my authentic Adam Chris and himself. What else right? you got? Bring something yeah, else. like what Come else on. are you going to yeah. throw at me, you know? And what's so interesting, Sean, is like, you know, everything goes by. But when I started practicing again, I'm in my hometown. I had those bullies that brought their dogs in to see me. And mm -hmm. I had some really cool conversations with them. They said, Adam, I'm so hard. I feel terrible. That I was so mean to you growing up. You know, I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. sorry, you know? Uh -oh. And I said, I, I get it. I, I accept your apology. Thank you. Totally means, you know, the, I said back then it was pretty brutal. You know, I, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I, I turned to my dog a lot growing up. Mm -hmm. And so I know many gay people out there turn to pets when they feel isolated and alone. And I did, I turned to my beagle, way to beagle growing up. Mm -hmm. And I really just focused on him when I was studying, I would have Archie with me and it mm -hmm. just made me feel like he was my companion and get it, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, it was pretty, pretty rough. And then there was one moment that I'll share with you. This, this is a really deep thing that happened. And so, um, so the, my mentor that I love so much at my hospital. Okay. Um, he was a great veterinarian and I was working. Mm -hmm. And at the time when I was a technician, there was a, an out gay technician that was there at then mm -hmm. great technician, but behind the scenes, he would call him the F word. Right. Uh, and, it it broke me, Sean. I'm like, oh my God, if this is what he thinks of him. What is he gonna say when I if I come out and you know and I want to be at this practice? I'm idolize this guy. This is the so guy is I want to be. Your mentor right. is calling another gay person uh, a gay a gay slur yeah. word. Um, right. but he doesn't know that you're gay. They didn't know I was. Right. Okay. So then <laughs> I, I just had to laugh it off or whatever, because here I am in high school, you know, you not had to participate right in the homophobic shaming. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was just like, OK, I was so nervous. I remember sweating oh, I almost vomited. You. I remember like that's how horrible I felt, you know, and relate. then I to, you know, all the time. So I didn't go to the vet hospital right away because of that incidence. And then I was out. I came out and he knew about it at the time. And then, you know, I practiced and you know we were fine. And we did have a really good one on one when he said, do you remember <laughs> that time mm -hmm. when, you mm -hmm. know, so and so worked here? And I said, oh, yeah, I do. And he said, did that did that affect you? I said, it changed everything. And he's like, oh. I I'm I'm really sorry. You know, I said, it's OK. You know, it's OK. I mean, it, you know, now, you know, and hopefully your mind is a little more open to it. I said, because this person was an incredible technician, you know, incredible. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, we had to say those words. But, you know, he's, he's like, well, I'm you know, obviously doing better or whatnot. And so all good. You know, I think I, I have a big forgiveness in me. I really do. I try mm -hmm. to see the good in a lot of people. And I think leaders see a lot of good in people. And that's how success to me, I measure success is how well you achieve some of these, overcome some of these obstacles. Either you, you know, 
kind of negate the fact or you just off them altogether. But I still think there's always good in somebody. And I try to find that good. Yeah. And to me, I find that to be a successful person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's uh, I'm I'm laughing, crying as I listen to this, because I think that's, yeah. um, I th- you know, I guess what I'm thinking is that I just made some assumptions, and I guess for all of our listeners out there, uh, you know, like Dr. Chrisman, I thought, and people have said this to me, like, oh, Sean, you just seem like you don't have any issues, that life flows pretty smoothly for you. Oh, yeah. uh, and and then I unveil, and they see behind the scenes that there's been struggles. So I made some assumptions. So you really, while you got supported at your family, you weren't completely out, and the immediate community was not supportive. But right. so you worked your way through that and then obviously came out and started working there. And how did that affect yeah. then your development as a veterinarian? I mean, it, yeah, I think it, I say this to the the graduates and the, the vet students that are in our community. I said, it's so nice to really be live and breathe your authentic self. I mm-hmm. felt like I, if I was to be someone that was not who I said it was, I don't think I could practice good medicine, you know, mm-hmm. so, knowing that people had my back and I had, I felt that support. I think that was, uh, it meant a lot to me. It still does to this day and where I'm working and what I do. And I think representation matters. It really does. Yes. You know, I, I mean, you can relate. I have more, you know, when I was practicing full-time, I had a lot of gay clients because I get it. Maybe we do have a little bit more emotional attachment to our animals and, you know, we, they are a world. I don't have human children and I can relate to some of those pet parents that don't have human children and those are their kids. And I get you. And they want that representation. That that means a lot to them. So, um, I, I can't stress that to you enough. I think that's just so important to, you know, show representation across everything that we do, you know, DEI mm-hmm. matters, you know? Mm-hmm. So how do you define success now? You know, what's your definition of, of being a success? If somebody said, Hey, Adam, you're successful. A, would you agree? And B, you know, how would you define success? I think we all have a purpose in life. And I think it's, it tends to be defined on, whether you hit your aim or your purpose in life is, is, mm-hmm. are you successful based on that? And this isn't monetary, you know, it's, it's just more of how you perceive that where you are in your, in your life's goals. And when I give a, I give a lecture on career changes within veterinary medicine, because we have such a beautiful profession with so many different options that are out there mm-hmm. and success is always evolving. You know, maybe you hit that goal and then you feel stuck again and you want to try a little bit higher. I mean, listen, at DVM 360, we're always looking at like how many, you know, page views and how many people come to the show and viewers and, and let's do more next year. Let's do more. But to me, that personal success is like really achieving your goals. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, and there could be personal goals, there could be professional goals. And I, I do think that's a reflection of what success means. And again, of how you overcome some of those obstacles makes you a more successful person. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it means. Um, you know, and, you know, just I think everyone has different understandings of what success is. But to me, I think uh, really hitting and achieving those goals and not stopping, you know, just sounds like, mm-hmm. OK, mission complete. I filled my bucket list up. But I think we all have to have different goals in our life to continue to keep going. That's what life is all about. I went to a medium. I'm going to share a quick little story with you because this really resonated with me. I went to a medium and I wanted to see if I could make contact with my parents, whatever. Fine. Fortunately, my yeah. parents were busy. So but- <laughs> But the medium said this, and this really resonated with me. This is like years ago. 
And he said, no one cares how much money you make when you cross over. Your life will be looked at as a kaleidoscope of success. And all the success is, is love and happiness. How much of that love you impacted others, how much, whether it be you inspired others, you made an impact, you made a connection, you will look back when you cross over and that's what they're going to see, all that love that you've had. And no money can tell you how much. You can have a billion dollars, but you could be a total a-hole about it, you know, but it's all about. And so when I look back, when I look at my success and my goals, I want to make sure that I made an impact with people along the way for the ride because successful people isn't just one person. It's a team of people that build you up to achieve those goals. And I always make sure that I have an attitude of gratitude as we continue to show success. Well, that's nice. I, I really appreciate that. And to our listeners who might be thinking, well, that's great to be goal oriented. And I hear that about goals. What I would say to you is if you're having trouble getting in touch with what your goals are, or even coming up with goals, that that's where we talk about what are some of your own blocks? You know, are you dealing with issues that are keeping you so much in your feelings that you can't get to the thinking piece of your life? Because to me, the definition of success is finding a way to marry uh, all of the things that go on in my feeling world <laughs> with all of the things that I need to do to be surviving and thriving in the culture and world that I was born into, you know, in spite of whether it's being bullied or, uh, you know, coming from trauma in the home environment or, uh, you know, a professional environment that isn't always so welcoming, you know, how do you stay true to yourself and get through all of that? Right. Right. But, and still make enough money to eat or leave some money for your kids or all of that. And, and I, it's a, it's a fascinating dance between using your gifts of intellect and paying attention to the gift of spirit and feelings and your thoughts, because all of that, if not cleaned up your feelings and thoughts, uh, allow your intellect to be kind of incapacitated. So it's, yeah. it's not a, it's not a good place to be. What do you see as the, um, from your perspective now, you've been a work, you were working veterinarian for how many years as in practice? 18. 18, 18 years in practice. Yeah. And now you've been like four years out there uh, right. at on a national scale. Uh, yes. Everybody's complaining about we can't find enough people, in particular doctors. And we all know that pet ownership went up 25% during the pandemic and we can't create veterinarians that fast. So what is the next, what do you see as the evolution of the practice to accommodate what is going to be a veterinary shortage for the foreseeable future? Yeah, you know, I, I think... Uh, greater utilization of technicians is a is a big deal. I think that's uh, workflow efficiencies. Um, I'm huge fan of technology. I think, and we tend to be we, I mean, our profession mm -hmm. tends to be a little slow on the uptake, as you know about mm -hmm. that. But I do think grasping the technology a little bit more and utilizing AI, I think we're going to have to go there. The other thing is, I know this is controversial, but a mid-level practitioner, you know. Um, yep, I agree. I, know. I agree. I, there are nurses I, out there that need to be doing wellness checks all the time. I agree. I, and I know some will disagree with you and I about this, but I do think that having a mid-level practitioner, um, it's time. I think it's long overdue. I've been in this field since I was a kid and I've seen it evolve. And I think I think it's long overdue to have a mid-level practitioner that's in there. I mean, think about to the <laughs> listeners, how many of you go to urgent care and you actually see a doctor doctor? You tend to not. Uh, I rarely <laughs> see a doctor anymore, my basic right? care. 
Yeah. yeah. So um, I do think that 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 will really help alleviate us and allow us to better, you know, serve our clients and patients. The other thing that I say, and I talk about this as well, is, you know, your hospital is not intended to be a Noah's Ark. You're not going to be able, you're not for everybody. And I think we have to recognize that we're not going to be for everyone. And what I mean by that is affordable care clinics, fantastic, great model, continue to do it. Affordable spay and neuter. Don't try to compete with those people. Stay where you're comfortable at and knowing that, okay, this is what we're going to do, how we're going to serve our community. We don't have overnight care, perfectly fine, you know, but there's a hospital that does that. I think working collaboratively, I'll say it one more time, collaboratively is where it's at for the future of veterinary medicine, not against one another. Right. Know your lane. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to say that. (laughs) <laughs> well, listen, everybody, uh, we've probably gone a little over time, but it's okay. Uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate it. It's organic, like I like them. Uh, for our listeners to know, we don't really follow any script. We just kind of talk about what comes up as we talk. So, uh, I, And I might not even remember half of what we talked about, but it was really great. It felt good. felt like a good yeah. conversation. Uh, love to have you back sometime. So would you consider coming back again and we can talk about as long as you get- topics? Yes, as long as you get to come on our podcast, the Vet Blast podcast. Okay, I would love to. I would do a swap. Uh, Mutual love. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Adam Christman, and thank you uh, to DVF 360 and to CVC, all they do for the community. And um, if you have any questions for Dr. Christman, you can find him where? Everywhere. Um, so my website is dradamchristman.com, and that's kind of the hub and spoke to all my social medias for TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And by the way, what's your most, uh, and we'll close on this. What is your most followed post? Like what's the most hits you've gotten on a post? Um, it was probably a reverse sneeze video that had 30 million views. Isn't that amazing? So, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So, he's a star, people. <laughs> he's a star. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Adam. And we'll say goodbye Thank now. Thank you.